This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. So welcome everybody to another episode of the Rumashes Clubcast. Here is what you have to look forward to in tonight's episode. All right. Well, we'll we'll get on that on Ryan's sister podcast. Um, Could have cared less about how, anything else. How to catch a vampire or something, whatever it is. Um, it's coming that's good. soon. Yeah. How to catch well, a Ryan. vampire? Oh yeah, that's dude. Nice. Catch me well, in the backyard tanning. The, just call it the Rye Empire. That's it. It's about vampires. I like it. I'll change my name tonight. On uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, change the handle again. Welcome to the official podcast of the Craftology Radio Network, a collection of craft beer and geek news tied together loosely. Uh, here on Craft Beer's Geek News, we talk about national stories, local flavors, and our favorite geeky nuggets of pop culture. Who could speak to these things uh, and more? Myself, hi, Donnie here. I'm also joined tonight by Mr. Rye Guy. Wait, Rye, Rye introduce yourself, Ryan. <laughs> I, I am Mr. Rye Guy 813. Yes, I am. Rye Guy 813. <laughs> With everything changing in the world, I figured I'd just adapt and evolve and grow and, you know, get more tan and wear a Hawaiian shirt in the middle of my living room, wishing it, I was out you're, the beach. You're doing all those things. Yeah. All those things. You're doing them quite well. Some more than others. <laughs> yeah. A lot well, of he's golf. doing them all still, even if they're half-assed. <laughs> a lot of golf, you know, things of that nature. But I'm doing great, guys. Good to be on the cast. Good. Good to have you. And Mr. Lausman, uh, Mr. Lausman, how are you? Uh, looking quite pale these days, if I'm honest with everyone. <laughs> kind of going the opposite of Ryan, uh, <laughs> because I just stay indoors all day now. So Hey, that's all right. That's, there's nothing wrong with staying indoors. Yeah. Yeah, well, there is. It's a lack uh, lack of, what is it, vitamin D? <laughs> that's that's not all right, but... I have, I have, a, lot, I have a lot to send your way, Laos. Oh, I have a boy. lot. <laughs> like a ray of sunshine. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> But I'm good. You know, to that point, getting outside is actually the best thing for us. We need to stay healthy, vitamin D'd up, and uh, yeah, you know, D'd up to your feet up. That's how gotta, I always got to keep our immune systems, you know, in, in in good working order. Otherwise, you know, then you're even more susceptible to illness. Are you at least wearing sunscreen, Ryan? Oh yeah, I have. A I problem. can answer that one for him. No oil. <laughs> I, I look uh, margarine actually these days. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the I like the way the butter, you know. Cisco. Cisco my skin. Um, no. Um, shit. What was I saying? I actually look more red on the computer. So, yeah. Just the we'll things, I guess. <laughs> well, I see the mustache is hanging in there strong for some reason. Uh, yep. I'm actually with you at this point because, um, yeah, it's very it's it, it's luscious now. Like well, it was wiry before. Yeah, and I, I found something out, and this kind of is the reason that uh, it stuck around so much. I think is no one understands how to interact with me at this point. Like, and what I do can, you mean? I, well, okay, so people who know me to not have a mustache now just they'll just look at me after we're done talking, and they'll be like, "You just look ridiculous." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I can." That's see. a little unfair. Yeah, I'm like, I, I can see that you're not used to this. So then I can also, uh, I can use it as a, a conversation enhancing visual because I'll have my mask up and then I'll slowly be like, oh, yeah, I got to take a drink of water. And then I'll be like, Boop, I got a mustache and I've had it for like a month. And people are like, where'd your beard go? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I can just, yeah, it's it's however I want to call the ball on that one. Like, it's it's a good time. It wore off with the mask. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you rubbed it off. I tell you what, it's it's way easier existing with no beard and a mask. Like it's just so much easier. Like when I lose, the mustache, the mustache, does it just fit? Does it just fit right around the mustache? Oh, it's perfect. It it just goes right up and over it. Done. No no <laughs> chin scratchings. No pokey throughs. The old I mean, soup strainer. Oh yeah, no. It's it's honestly it's extremely comfortable. When I lose a stash, I'm losing everything. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have nothing. Just be baby face. Yeah, don't do that. Oh yeah. It's Don't take it seriously. Walk past you on the street and not recognize you. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it happens. It absolutely happens. But it's gonna be alright. I like. It. Yeah, 
Well, that's good. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Ooh, and what I, have I been doing the whole time? Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the only other thing, sorry to interrupt, um, is okay. uh, at work I get to drive that windowless van a lot more now, and it looks very creepy. I'm looking for a bag of candy, labeled candy. Like, I'm... You should put Free Huffy on the side of the van and see what happens. Yeah, because it's, it's got a very pedo-type um, vibe to it when you do that, when you get all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds sketchy. It sounds very sus. Yeah. It's great to have Clint... <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. What? No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Moving on, Donnie. Say, you were talking. I was going to say, all I've been doing this this time, not golfing, not getting my suntan on. Well, I guess I have it on the pool up, but not growing a mustache per se. But I've been taking down that stack of shame. Those video games that have just been stacking up forever, I've been, I've been taking them down one by one. And I just, I think it's amazing. So um, as much as, yeah, this is all horrible, man, the stack of shame, it is really going down. But... That's not how we start every show. We start every show by talking about what is going down in terms of brewskis. What, we're, what are we drinking this evening? Um, we always start off our segments with, what are we drinking? What are you going to drink? Boys, anybody got anything interesting? I've got something that's, that's kind of good. Um, kind of bad as well. I have a different story for that. But um, the beer I have is, is good. I've got a... Uh... I got an interesting one that I think I covered on the cast before, but clearly wasn't that memorable because I was like, eh, I feel like I had it, but I don't know that I had it. Do you remember the scale it was on your personal scale? Was it eh? Or was I, it, eh, it's good? I feel like it was a very dismissive, eh, it's good. Like a very quick one, you know? Hmm. Uh, Just squicky. Yeah, all, well, all you listeners out there know exactly what that means, but um, all the regulars and whatnot. But I have the Anderson Valley. Extra Dry Brute IPA. From okay, I remember the Brute IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember Anderson Valley, though. Uh, I It's from Boonville, California. Um, so it's quite literally an oddball. It's, I can tell that my local 7-Eleven, they're trying to do the best they can, but, you know, despite everything going on and whatnot, I think they're trying to, like, liquidate some of the stuff that hasn't really moved. So that's how I came to acquire this. So, um, I vaguely remember it being pretty decent in the past, and it's pretty decent right now. And uh, yeah, honestly, the only thing—the uh, only thing I, I don't like about it is that it's not very memorable. Like it's—it's it's a pretty standard uh, IPA. It's very good. It's not bad. I'd give it a yeah. It's good. Again, it's good. again. Yeah, it's good. Oh yeah, it's good. Very good. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. What does it taste like? Like, what is it? Uh, Honestly, I would say it's devoid of, like, any major taste. Like, I mean, not, like, saying it's tasteless. I'm saying it's devoid of, like, anything crazy. Like, there's not, like, overpowering citra hops or overpowering taste of citrus. Or it's it's kind of just, like, a dulled-down Cigar City that just is really good to drink and is quite tasty. And it's good. It's good. Mm, that, that's, that's great. <laughs> I like it. Shout out. What does it remind you of? Anything else? Uh, I gotta say, honestly, it just doesn't really have a bite. It doesn't really have anything. I don't see where they're they're calling it the brute again. It's supposed to just be dry, like ultra dry. So, like, imagine like a dry wine where it's like it leaves your your tongue like immediately after you have a sip. You know what? I gotta give it that. Juicy. You know, a hazy IPA is juicy. It's like a Starburst or whatever. It's literally juicy. Yep. I gotta say, actually. I'm editing my uh, my review of this. I'm going to say they nailed what they were going for. That's fantastic. Because yeah, it dry. quite literally yeah. is very dry. So thanks for explaining that. Yeah, well, that's good sometimes. Like when it's really hot. I don't know. Sometimes it's really hot. And Ryan, you can compliment this, uh, like on the golf course. When it's really hot, sometimes like a um, Cigar City, which is not a juicy or a hazy, like just is is wonderful because it has a nice little aftertaste and it's almost refreshing but other times you're like i just want this to be like a dry crisp clean finish and that's it and so sometimes that's that's helpful i don't know it depends i guess where you are and, and how intense the the crispness or the you know juiciness of it, of that finish is but ryan what do you what do you you've been drinking on the golf course i mean what do you say about absolutely this? i mean i want something that's not going to kill my golf game too early um yeah. and and but like you said <laughs> Um, be nice, light, and refreshing. I mean, I have had a couple highlights here and there. Yeah, um, and they are good. They're good they, on the golf course. They are. They're good when, you're, when it's hot. They're good in the middle of summertime or at a barbecue. They're great. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, my go-to as of right now is the... Oh, God. When he starts laughing, I'd lose faith immediately. <laughs> Bud Light Seltzers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm... I'm I'm watching calories and all this other stuff and all these things. But that, I mean, nothing gets more refreshing than a seltzer. And, hey, there's alcohol. Um, of course, fireballs in, involved too. But, um, yeah, definitely something on the lighter side, that, nothing that's too heavy. Yeah. I feel like fireball's a bit heavy <laughs> like in terms of the alcohol. You mean this? <laughs> no. It's buddy. a little heavy. It's a little heavy. Yeah, he a showed little. a little bottle on the camera. It's not really a podcast. Anyways. Anyway. Um well, all right. Well, so as Ryan's, my Ryan collects uh, whatever he's going to talk about. I'm not sure which after that after that little tease, but I've got the the Candle Bliss uh, from Oscar Blues, which I think we've oh, talked about good. before. I believe Ryan, you have you have reviewed it before. That's um, uh, probably. Yeah, I, I want to say you have. So it's a tropical IPA on the can. It says it's a hazy IPA. Um, it's obviously part of their like experimental series, and Oscar Blues is. Part of the canarchy, you know, uh, the conglomerate—not conglomeration—that's the wrong word—but the the um, collaboration uh, with with Cigar City. So love Oscar, Oscar Blues. They're out of Colorado, obviously. Um, they, it's got a nice, you know, kind of uh, good flavor. It's straw yellow, nice carbonation, a little bit of head and lace, good hop aroma. Uh, it's it's hoppy. It's it's a little juicy. Um, it's got a. Um, it's not anything that I would say, oh my God, this is crazy. But there are like little hints of it. Like I was reading through the actual description from Oscar Blues and they talk about how they have um, Azaka and, and Galaxy Hops. Yeah, Azaka, Galaxy Hops, Eldorado. So it's like a really weird collection of like different hops and different citrusy uh, notes that you would expect from this beer. And I think that it has all those things. I just think the like amalgamation of it is like, well, it's, it's, it does have all those things, but it doesn't strike me as anything like terribly unusual. It's just a very drinkable IPA. It reminds me a lot, a lot of Cigar City. Cigar City has that almost sweet piney flavor at the finish that we were just talking about. Uh, so the highlight um, is a little bit different, but it's a really good citrusy beer. I think this is one that has less of that sweetness at the end. Therefore, it's a little bit more dry, Laos, as we were just talking about. And I would say mm. that Oscar Blues Cannibalis is like probably perfect for the golf course, except for Ryan's point of the second you have one, your golf game is, uh, again, a handicap because there is seven and a quarter alcohol, which is um, which will knock you down over, over one or two on a two or three yeah if you normally lose 10 balls you're gonna lose at least 25 mm-hmm. oh jeez. but it's good it's really it's really good it's very drinkable and like i, I think maybe i'm a little jaded because i love cigar city so much and highlight but but it's good it's well really good, and, and so. in talking about cigar city too donnie a uh, friend of mine i am technically like his safekeeper of and i don't have any yet because things have been slow during covid but he lives up north and he uh introduced well actually i should say my my friends at uh pie mead or pie road mead introduced me to him i became his bottle keeper for whatever you know special meads come out so he reached out to me the other day and he said hey ryan because he's up north uh if you want my last uh cigar city el catador club round 11 bottle um then i'll make you my patsy and then you can you know, you just have to register, you can go pick up my bottle, and then you can enjoy. So I'll be sharing that on the next podcast that we have. So I will nice. have something besides a black cherry Bud Light seltzer to share. <laughs> which I must say, I hate black cherry, but in these, they're actually pretty good. And they're only 100 calories, so I'll take it. Have you had those? Have you had the black cherry, the white claw, compared to that one? I probably have. <laughs> so the recollection there is Sands. Well, I had them both. I, I I popped the tops on both of them and went over to the closest storm drain and just dumped them both the same time. Hey, they poured about the same. Don't knock it. Don't knock they it. They poured about the same. I mean, this is this storm is drain five percent. I mean, you know, it's 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 so for me now. It's clothes. for me yep. now. It's it's about I want to. I think I got so far into just only drinking craft beer that I kind of like just needed to reel it back to really appreciate the craft beer I do get to drink when I drink it. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Knows if you didn't, you know, speak on a craft beer podcast, but that's fine. Well, <laughs> I still want to drink craft beer. Trust me. I had a, I had a something from brew the other day. Um, it was really delicious. I can't remember the name of it. So I still drink craft beer. I just try to throw these in there a little bit every now and then. That you review know. was uh, somehow less information than mine. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a, a double IPA. I just can't remember where it was from, and that's that's you know my bad, but. So, no, I did not totally give up on craft beer. I still love craft beer. I just needed a little bit of a break just to reset my palate a little bit. Well, know? and it's it's tough to suck down, you know, uh, dippas and triples and uh, stuff oh, on the yeah. golf course. I mean, it really is. I, yeah. I get that. And that is where you've been spending a lot of your time, or so I, so I learned. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. So, so totally so, understanding. Okay. I'll well, share that. So, I'll share that on the next podcast. You guys will be impressed. Okay. <laughs> right, I'm getting... already pre-impressed. Yeah, right. What nice little hot tease there. That's right. A little hot tease. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, I know the next story, the, the first of our craft beer, and probably, I, I know there's a lot on this, but probably a lot of our craft beer section here is going to talk about uh, the three-tier system is, is the next one that we had because there's been yet another um, set of brewers and, and folks that are speaking up because of this, you know, pandemic that's happening and how the three-tier system is really hurting business. And not only is it just a three-tier system that's hurting business, it's like standard operating procedure that's hurting brewery business because I know you talked about it last week where brewers are getting shut down and arbitrarily kind of accused of uh, breaking the law when, you know, it's not necessarily the case. They're kind of forced into it where they just don't have the space to accommodate and therefore they don't comply with the rules and therefore they're, you know, these these type of things are happening. So yeah, they're kind of I back against a, the wall. Yeah, I thought it was a good time to like revisit this just to bring awareness to, to things. And also, I think the this came out of the Tallahassee.com. Um, so they're, they're obviously like a news, you know, source out of Tallahassee. But I felt like this was relevant because the gentleman that wrote the article referenced several uh, St. Pete and, and Tampa breweries specifically. So kind of hit home because I think that one that you were um, telling us about last week or last episode um, was what? It was St. Pete? Uh, was it Ardwolf? Maybe? The one that got uh, the notice there, you know, the, the, the three yeah, they like shut down or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 And so it is, it is hitting close to home, but I, I also, as, as you were in between now and the last episode, I was kind of researching a little bit and there are breweries across the country that are getting like notices and shut down and, 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 you know, getting big fines and stuff because the rules that are set up don't apply. So breweries can't serve. And so they'll serve peanuts or whatever they can to open the doors and, and like, you know, you've talked about in the past where you could have a glass of wine if you bought a $4 bag of, you know, chips or something. And, and that was the way they were staying in business. And apparently they're getting shut down because of it. So um, I just thought it was relevant to talk about this because this this three-tier system would, would alleviate at least a good amount of pressure that's put on these systems. So, But I just wanted to iterate this. This was posted by a friend of mine that owns a local brewery. And um, this was just a couple of hours ago. He had... Uh, collected some data that was presented and um, basically this this the, the, the quick part of this article is um, an immediate sign of how bad our industry is hurting in February 361 breweries paid excise taxes in Florida in May only 299 did so it looks like 62 breweries, nearly 20% of operating breweries didn't operate in the month of May. And so, I mean, this was, you know, data collected. I mean, that's, that's a huge number, you know, and that's, that's going back to what we're about to talk about now is just the, the impact that this has had. And Donnie, I mean, let's, let's fill in the the blanks a little bit more, but um, I just wanted to, to share that, you know, them not being able to distribute or, you know, have people come in has really affected the, uh, the industry as a whole yeah and, and then and take it at another level you know obviously i had some experience in the consumer packaged goods you know business and and they're not even allowing salespeople into these places let alone the the distributor isn't isn't doesn't have the adequate staff to to staff uh because businesses are going into, out of business so i mean it's like let's just skip right to it so so the three-tier system essentially says you know three things where um, a brewery can do, or, or yeah, actually a, a beer producer can do one of three and can't do any 
you can't do more than one, only one thing. Um, so you can brew beer, you can sell beer, and you can distribute beer. And when I say it can only do one thing, I mean a brewery can brew beer and then sell beer at their tap room, but they can't sell beer outside of their tap room, right? So it, they have to get a distributor to do that, or they brewery can just sell sell beer to individuals within their tap room. They don't have to necessarily brew it either, right? That's like a regular bar. And then you have people that can brew beer and then just distribute beer, um, but not by themselves. They have to go through an outside distributor. So it's it's really a, a weird. Um, again, like a weird combination that, that inhibits any kind of growth or even productivity for a COVID type relationship. When I, as a brewery have nobody in my tap room, therefore I have to sell it to a distributor who, um, can't may not it. be available. Yeah. Or can't, to, to, can't sell it. Cause they're still sitting on beer. I, I spoke to a good friend of mine that owns a, you know, a local craft beer place and, you know, uh, the beers that they started to get were beers that were five and six months old because they couldn't move them during the shutdown, you mm-hmm. know. So the, the, the distributors are backed up with all the beer and the breweries, they're brewing beer, but they can't take any of it in at the distribution company. So what's what's going to happen to all that beer? It's just going to be but even even if the br- distribution up. company could take it all and they can't sell it all because they also have to um, let go of staff to, to, you know, to accommodate for the closure of businesses that Correct. may not be brewers and just restaurants. So, Correct. So it's a it's a compounding issue. with this is this this the state legislation that we have here in Florida. It's a head on collision. You, uh, well, I'll give you the scenario and, and you probably illustrated this already from your story, but bar across the street from my brewery runs out of beer to get more beer the bar owner can't call me and say you know hey we just blew a keg and it's friday night we need more he has to call the distributor who may at that point not have that bar on their route or that you know in bar in that brewery's inventory in stock and therefore that keg even though i might be within 60 feet of the brewery may not ever make it to me yeah. on the time that i need it for yeah see you next so tuesday is, yeah, it is. And that's very, very much the case. Again, from my experience, I know that some of our, um, you know, customers were like getting runs maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays if they weren't too busy. Maybe they'd only get once a week. And, and so that would create some issues there. And I couldn't imagine having the scenario where there's, you know, you need beer or it's a busy night or, or whatnot. And I get it that there's not that many busy nights during COVID, but still there's product that has to be made to, to sustain either minimums that are set by these distributors or, uh, or, or, you know, sales quotas. Well, we locked in for a three month contract that you're going to deliver X amount of gallons. And so now you have to do this, not to mention that in, in a lot of cases, these distributorships are almost lifetime contracts, <laughs> which, which is, which is horrible. Um, so there's a lot of flaws to it. A whole lot of flaws. No, I, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, that, that's an interesting point. Like, yeah, a bar, if they run out of beer, they can't just go to a local brewery or somewhere across the street and buy directly a keg directly from them. You know, they, they just need to really look at this situation and completely reorganize how breweries can operate. I mean, they're, they, they make beer, but they shouldn't be subject to just and limited on how they distribute it. Yeah. You know, they can and, still and go to it. They should still be able to go to a distributor to vastly get their beers out. Like that should be and allowed. That's, but and if that there's a couple like the of bars point. and restaurants around the area, I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a craft beer brewery owner and I want to go across the street to X, Y, and Z restaurants, Hey, do you guys want to put my beers on tap? You know? And then, Hey, I'll, I'll put, I'll take your food menus and I'll put them at my brewery and people can order to go food and bring it here. And we can, we can do a thing, you know, we can, you know, if you've if you've got a full restaurant, but I don't have a full brewery, but they want to drink craft beer, they can order your food and bring it over. Like it would be a reciprocating relationship between those breweries. But you can still mass produce your beer, give it to a distributor, and let them distribute it to other locations that are not locally uh, or located near you. I mean, that would be a smart little thing, just off the off the cuff. Yep. And last one, I know you're dying to jump in here, but like part of it also, Ryan, from the alternate side, you know, being from a sales kind of background, you've got to also anticipate like there's a there's a thing there when I'm Budweiser walking in and I say, well, not only are you going to buy my Budweiser, but you're also going to buy this one weird tap that we have. You know, you have to we have to, you have to buy these 12 and then these additional four just to sell Budweiser if we want you to if you want to sell Budweiser. And then you also buy your napkins through us and your cups and your ice and this whatever else it is. So I get there's also like a strong arm kind of like like monopoly almost well there's uh, a like, kickback like for it. the distribution sure, companies sure. from 
the right. major corporations. So their sales guys sell that beer that's in that portfolio, and then it also takes the uh, little guy that is across the street and, and kicks him down even further. So it is it is really a, a, like a self-deprecating kind of like, like like it's a cycle. It's just a bad kind of flywheel. But um, Florida's got three hundred, excuse me, three point six billion dollars in craft beer in two thousand nineteen, according to the Brewers Association. That's fifth in the nation. Um, and all that's, um, you know, kind of placated because of this three-tiered system. All that money is funneled through that three-tiered system. So it's it's pretty substantial. But um, Lost Man, we'll be talking for a minute. You want you uh, got any opinions on this? Yeah, I mean, it does sound like a bad system. Like, it sounds like just a really, really old rule that may need to be adjusted. <laughs> Agreed. Talk about broken sprite. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, I don't really want to talk about broken sprite. It happens so often to me. Just it's so broken sometimes you can't even drink it. But yeah, I mean, no, it, it it's a bad system. It needs to be adjusted. Um, I don't really have the the knowledge on how to fix it, which is kind of sounds silly. But uh, you know. It, it's just sad when you see stuff like that. Like I worked in a restaurant one time and like when they ran out of something, they were just like, Oh, here's money. Go get this thing that we need right now. And I was like, okay, I guess other businesses do this too. Makes sense. But you know, obviously we were on some sort of Cisco or whatever sort of delivery thing. But, uh, but it was, it was kind of, I don't know. It was kind of odd to just be like, or to understand that, if you run out of something that you need for your business, you can't just be like, Hey man, next door or woman, I need that thing. <laughs> Let me buy a little, <laughs> well, Let me literally the piece support directly. <laughs> like you the other to, piece of it. Yeah. Sorry. No, the other piece of it too is like, you can, you know, you can say the same thing about food, right? It's like, well, you know, if the, the, the Johnny restaurant doesn't just get their steaks or their seafood, you know, they don't call the seafood, the fishmonger and get them to deliver <laughs> stuff, right? Like they have to go through distributorship and there's, there's main maintenance ways of keeping it and how they do it. But it's not necessarily like the same as beer because beer is a little bit different And like the beer, when it gets in the hands of a distributor, it doesn't go through any additional testing or FDA or, 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 you know, any, when it leaves the brewery, it's as good as it's going to be. Same thing, you know, I guess you could say, I don't think you could say for steaks if I was a local butcher selling, you know, steaks to my local chain restaurant. I don't think it's the same thing, you know. It's not, there. There's a regulation and there's stuff behind that as well. But this is just a, a little bit of a different story that seems like it's going to be very hard to crack, and I don't understand, you know, why. So yeah, keep in mind I was getting arugula. Like, that's the one that we ran out of a lot. And I'm like, guys, for real? Like, we can't just buy, like, a barrel of this stuff? But apparently you can't. Well, I think there's also, Donnie, a level of care that comes from, and I know many, and as as do you and, and Laos, uh, you know, we, we know so many people that are in this industry that care so much about the beer that they make. And is the beer is the beer going to be cared for? Is the, you know, the same way as if a craft beer brewery was able to take their beer, you know, right across the street. Hey, you know what? This other beer was on. Let me flush this line set real quick so that I can make sure that you're getting the best quality beer uh, that, that I have made to present to your customers. Because ultimately, the end of everything, and I, and I learned this by doing uh, Florida's Best with the, 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 the beer tasting for, for championship beer in, in Florida, you know, um, I, I learned like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pride that goes into delivering craft beer. And if somebody goes to a, a, a brewery or even a bar or a restaurant and those lines aren't cleaned properly, you know, that beer could be amazing, but the person that tastes it is just going to be like, ugh, and they're just going to be turned off because it was either poorly kept by a distribution company and distributed incorrectly or maybe it poorly wasn't maintained a, poorly yeah. maintained maybe it was sitting there for six or seven or eight months and never got sold you know and they just say hey take this as a gift whatever and then somebody tries that beer it may have been an amazing beer but all of a sudden that taste is going to resonate within the end and uh drinker and they might not want to go to that brewery that brewed that beer because it was so bad even though it was so good in the beginning 
because of poorly maintained lines or poorly uh, maintained uh, while at the distribution company. So, you know, there's a certain pride that goes into that, and that's why exactly they have um, the, the judges there doing the scoring and everything else to make sure that as a collective whole, they are constantly moving towards giving breweries strong critique to make the beers better. But if they're constantly making the beers better, but distribution is bringing it back down to a ground level, there's a conflict. There's, there's, there's something that needs to change as we are talking about it. Well, I think, and I agree. And I think that some businesses you can tell, like even right now, like, okay, well they're suffering, but you know, if it's, um, yeah, sushi is a bad example, but if it's, you know, the little restaurant down the street or it's, you know, Pickles Plus, which is a local restaurant here and it's, it's, it's a oh, wonderful little sandwich sounds like shop. like a good place, Pickles oh, Plus. It's fantastic. They are the yeah. but, but like they can, they can maintain, they can bounce back. The thing is with the brewery, like you said, Ron, is that each batch they have to anticipate and brew for the expected volume they're going to exceed or they're going to sell through in a given amount of time within the, within the shelf life and the expected flavor profile of each you know batch of beer and what we're talking about hundreds sometimes thousands of gallons and that really can be detrimented when you know you're sitting on kegs like you said for three months or for two weeks or whatever and ultimately the you know all beer has a shelf life so that has to be thrown out and it can't be sold but but you don't know what some of these distributors are doing in these times of of need or or what happens to the breweries that are investing in the volume and the the gallons they projected and yet can't sell them because simply the distributors can't take them um you would assume if that was in house and you had a little more you know control over it as a brewery you could possibly uh either be more realistic with your expectations you wouldn't have to meet contract demands i mean there's a lot of stuff that you could that that you could be helped out from i think and this again this is literally just you know conjecture i don't well and and there's another thing i just thought about i remember talking about this with somebody about two years ago um once the brewery sells it to the distributor if that brewery say it's uh, a wild rover or something like that let's say they you know want to buy back some of their beer they have to pay more money to buy their own yeah. beer back yeah. like it should yeah no it's my brewery you know yeah. it's my beer yeah. so anyway yeah well we won't beat the dead horse <laughs> no anymore. we won't we yeah won't. unless you guys have any final thoughts on that it's a gambit needs to change yeah Changes. There's a lot of things it needs to change, and specifically like uh, COVID is, is making us all kind of see that. One of those things, next story here that we have, and this is the last of our beer stories, and I just want to lightly touch on it, but our, our long time, I don't know, two years ago, sponsored the Pico Brew. Uh, they went in, into bankruptcy in February, and it's been officially announced here recently, actually, pretty recently wow. in the last, I'd say, month or so that their you know their server status and, and the, the life of the business is... Pretty much TBD, but um, expected to be dead on arrival. Uh, people are, are building their own servers now to maintain kind of the, uh, the the connection with the machines because without the servers, without the online connectivity, the machines are basically useless. I know that I tried to brew beer last night with my machine and had several errors, one of them being a server connectivity issue, and ruined the batch. So it really is uh, poor, you know, uh, it's a bad thing for Pico Brew and all those folks that own them. Um, but that's just one other story that's kind of emerging as a result of COVID. People can't spend three, $400 on a brewing machine to make their own beer. Even though they're not going out and buying beer at a bar, it's still quite a hefty, uh, a hefty thing when 77 million Americans are out of jobs. So it is rough. It is really tough, and it is um, affecting not only a big brewery, not only a small brewery, but now these innovative companies like Pico Brew, which I thoroughly enjoyed for years and years at a time. So um, I just want to put that out there as a, uh, I hope things get better for them mm. specifically. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. I just yeah, it really like is. That was a great way to get introduced to to brewing. Like, yeah, and to test batch. batches. Yeah, yeah to test batches, batches. It was really cool. Just to play around with it, you know, if you were curious, you know, just a great way, like a great Christmas gift or, you know, something like that for, for somebody. I know, Donnie, you really enjoyed brewing on it, and you showed me when I was Oh, like, I loved oh, that, it. That process is fucking easy. 
you know. Yeah, I, I loved it. I really did. And they they dabbled with Anheuser Busch. They dabbled with you know going for sale. They they fought LG, and they were just a startup. And it was um it was going to really revolutionize the way that people made beer on their in their homes. You know, personally in in small batches. And ah, uh, yeah, it was uh. It was it was tough. So hopefully they bounce back. I really think the community is strong enough. There's enough units out there. They went through a mass kind of like auction where they literally sold off pallets of machines. We could have bought five picos for you know 300 bucks at that point. But what are you going to do when the machines are basically useless once the servers go down? Unless you are able to build your own server, which there's already plans online and the community has already released how to do that. So perhaps that's how this company and these these parts and these features and these little uh, machines will still survive but um it's very unclear right now and it's sad it's very so, sad real quick can you explain to me a little bit more about i didn't because I, I don't remember any anything about it being connected to a server or anything like that yeah so it was all connected via wi-fi and so essentially every beer kit had an rfid chip in it so when you put the beer kit into the machine it would read the rfid oh, and say oh this is ryan's batch and so when ryan's batch triggered it new to boil you know the mash for this long add these you know this one there's three sections of hops so it would say add one and two for this long at this one then add in the third one start that steam going on and so that it was all kind of gotcha. brewing correctly electronically you know touch and go and just let it let it do its own thing that which it did sense. flawlessly um but as soon as it starts skipping the the servers you know it really became an issue now mine did connect to the server yesterday and um it did actually pull the recipe and start the process i think i had mechanical fa- failures which you can still troubleshoot so i'm, I'm going to figure this out and see how long I keep this thing puttering on if i can fix it and get it working again um, i'm going to actually build that server on a raspberry pi and try to maintain it uh, myself best of my ability so we'll see um, but, but, you know, otherwise for all those who may or may not be aware of the, the Pico brew, the home brewing uh, system, man, it was, it was fantastic, but seems to really be in a pickle right now. So. Gotcha. I, I, I've completely forgot that's how it worked. Yeah. They were on Wi-Fi. It was cool as crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that sad note, we'll move on, but there's good news coming on the horizon. And of course, um, before we get into the geek news and, and the geek news section here, drink it on in, send it on back. Our buddy Joe uh, was doing some serious coverage for This Week in Geek on the San Diego Comic Con, which a lot of stuff was announced. And so he is very hard at work in the lab there trying to figure out what he's going to actually make for his show this week. Um, but we're not going to touch on that. That's on Joe. So we're going to let Joe do his work and, um, and we'll, we'll move on to some other things. Uh, one of the things I think may be on, what, what is that face loss? I, I'm just anticipating the notes. I apologize. <laughs> I was going to say, one of those things that I think is going to be on Joe's notes, I'd be surprised if he doesn't touch on it. It came out literally today-ish, but The um, the Witcher, of course, the Netflix series, is getting a a prequel set 1,200 years before the Netflix series um, called Blood Origin. And so Blood Origin is going to be the story of the very first Witcher, which is going to be awesome. Um, it will be live action. Um, it should be very interesting. It, it may not have even anything to do with the shows, the books, the movies at this point, but it will be showing showcasing the first Witcher. Um, I know we talked about it before, but I love the the Witcher show. Do you guys? I mean, I know we were. I was a little like apprehensive, but only because I love the game so much. And trust me, after COVID here, I've done a lot more gaming on the Witcher. I'm now like have completed the game. I'm in the DLCs and I'm just dragging my feet through the last DLC because I don't want the experience to be over and I don't necessarily want to start over again. But but I'm still very much loving that and I can't wait for the uh the second season which should be coming out I think this year, I think. Might be next year. One of them's next year. Mandalorian I think is this year. Witcher two I think is next well, year. Oh I can't wait for Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were lucky on that one. They finished that filming before COVID was a thing, need which is my, fantastic. Need my so. baby Yoda fix for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's Star Wars style, dude. Film it all right now. That's, That's right. right. Film it all right now. Get it in the can because reshoots or whatever else. But um, I think even, even Mandalorian's got a third season already they're approved for. But that would be filming in, in the fall of this year. So we'll see. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, I'm excited to- for the... To Go the ahead. the show, um, I, I actually I, I watched a couple episodes of of The Witcher. I uh, it's still on my you know 
ad list. Stack of shame. Yeah. But my daughter right now has got me on Vampire Diaries, and I am not afraid to admit that. It is a fucking amazing show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. It sounds sounds like it'd be cheesy, but, man, there is blood, guts, gore, sex, everything. No nudity, but everything. So. Wow. Sounds great. And your daughter got you into this. Yeah. Yeah. Evidently, she watched it two or three years ago. I'm like, what? (laughs) You're 11. (laughs) Jeez. Do you remember when vampires were cool? I remember when vampires were cool. It was a good time. I'll tell you what. It makes me want to be one. (laughs) How do you think vampires would get affected by COVID? They wouldn't. You sure? Yeah. They probably would. Mm -mm. No, we don't know that. No, they, 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 they wouldn't. And based on this show... The only thing that affects a vampire besides getting a wooden stake through their heart is uh, a bite from a werewolf. So, Do they get the flu, though? No, they don't get the flu. Not Could even they? if they eat somebody that has the flu. They don't get sick. <clears throat> Could they? They're already dead. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with your uh, well, respiratory issues <laughs> aside. We'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Ryan, on this current trajectory, how long until you're into, uh, what is it? Um, Origins? No, I was going to say... Uh, Ah, oh, what's the other one? I'm not doing Twilight. Thank you. Yeah, I was about to say Twilight. Have yeah, you not done Twilight? Not, that's what it is? Not doing Twilight. I, I saw the Twilights, but they're not like a, oh, I got to press play. Are you Team Jacob or Team Edward, though? I feel like you're more of a Jacob. Mm, no. I'd go Edward. <laughs> okay, so he, you have he, an input on this. <laughs> but then again, just, again, you do have a daughter and whatnot, so that, I'm sure that'll be a whole thing. Jacob was just a whiny bitch. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, oh, he's just a whiny bitch. Like, he's half dog, half all he, man. I all he did was complain about the shit and take things personally. Uh, yeah, but Edward, it was just us. He was like, he's like someone who hates sand. <laughs> Edward was straight gangster, in my opinion, compared to to to, to Jacob. This is not this is not a toilet party. <laughs> <Yeah, we're not laughs> no, why are, why yeah, would that's... you even ask me that? I didn't care about that shit. I'd watched it. I clearly time. you did. You cared a well, little bit. The fight scene at the end of the last movie was really good. So that was all a right. Good well, we'll we'll get on that on Ryan's sister podcast. Um, Could have cared less about how, anything else. How to catch a vampire or something, whatever it is. Um, coming that's good. soon. How to catch well, a I'm Ryan vampire? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> a what? How to catch a what? A Ryan empire. Oh yeah, that's dude. Nice. You can catch me oh, in the all you backyard tanning. Just call it the Rye Empire. That's it. It's about vampires. I like it. I'll change my name tonight. On uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, change, change your handle again. You got to change the rest of them. You're going to change one though, Ryan. For real. You can't just yeah, change one. I keep one forgetting about Twitter handle. and my Gmail account and all that other stuff. Well, oh, well. Yeah. Good call for those. And your home address. Keep forgetting about them. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we do have one juicy nugget that we have to talk about here, though. The uh, me and Lossman, of course, as, as you know, in the last I think episode, we talked about how Lossman got a gaming PC, and obviously I've had one to do um, some business, a side job, and, and had some work that I needed to uh, to get a more powerful PC for. So I did. Uh, Ryan, I think you're you're looking or you were talking about thinking about getting a, P- a gaming PC at one point in time. Still thinking. Um, still thinking. Yep. You should. Well, we. We had discovered this little ditty called The Sea of Thieves, which is an Xbox-exclusive title that's available for PC. And man, is it really uh, scratching that itch. It is, uh, it is a good title. Yep. It is a I fantastic title. I did some research on it, Lossman. Did you see when it... Because it actually came out in 2018. Correct. Yep. So it came out, I think, literally like like the middle of spring in 2018. And it was a very much No Man's Sky situation where it came out and it was like, hey, guess what? You can do all these things. And it was actually priced like $90. Like it was more than it should have been for a regular game. Yep. And then when you got it, you essentially were just in a pirate ship and you could do nothing. Where like you could sail around and and you could, I guess, dig up treasures and stuff, but you couldn't really do much else. And so since 2018, every year, every month, there's been two to three, like, updates. And we're talking, like, the Battlefront updates, Ryan, where it's, like, you know, massive, where there's, like, a gig or two at a time. And um, same thing with, ne- with, with uh, No Man's Sky, where it was, like, 
yeah, the game was just this core game where you could fly around and visit planets, but now all of a sudden it's got base building and, and crafting and all this weird crap that makes it so much more complicated. Sea of Thieves follows a very similar trajectory. So, Lostman, give us like the basic, if you were to give somebody an elevator pitch as to what it is. What is what is the Sea of Thieves? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, having played it pretty much double-digit times... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. So it's it's actually a uh, I would call it the Grand Theft Auto of piracy, hmm. uh, in the terms of you pretty much can think of what you would like to do generally, get into the game, get involved, kind of see the characters. You know, it, it's a bit cartoony, which is the only drawback that I see so far. Um, but you can sort of just kind of see what you want to do, get a like minded group, and just sort of go after it. And that's the best part. Like, that's the best part about the game is that you just sort of set sail and go, hey, I feel like this island might have gold on it or, uh, you know, cannons on it or it might just have, you know, something weird that we don't even know on it. And that sort of mystery, that sort of elusiveness. Um, that's It's uh, called, yeah, it's called emergent gameplay is what I've heard it being called before. Yeah. Where it's like you start off on a mission so that the, ba- the core mechanics are... You get missions from various factions, and then you take those missions and you go and complete them. And they could be anything from, like, finding X marks the spot. Or it could be you have to go out and kill some, you know, dead pilot pirate lord and, and bring the skull back or bring an artifact back. And for doing so, you get rewarded. Or it could be, like, go catch three chickens and, and bring them back here with some fruits of various, you know, whatever... And and if you do that on these, you know, you got to sail across the map, and then you come back, um, you'll get cash for it. The problem is that the it's always it's one of those always online games, Ryan. So you're never you're never by yourself. You're never in a safe spot at any given time. You're on one server, and there can only be so many people on a server. It's basically up to four people per boat. So your server could have you know five six teams of four people. They could have zero. You could be the only one on there. But you're just trying to complete these missions. And as you go through the world, you see weird stuff. Like, you could just be going on a treasure hunting mission and then pass by what you know that you could trade in for 2,000 gold. So you stop and you get the 2,000 gold and you say, okay, this is great. After we complete our mission, we'll turn it in. Well, you go and you start the mission and you're halfway across the board. You come back ready to turn it in. And all of a sudden, the Kraken takes your ship. And it's a random encounter that can just literally sink your ship with all of your gold and booty on it. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, I shouldn't have been so greedy. I should have just turned around and turned in the treasure that we just randomly found instead of trying to like go do my thing. But there's Krakens, there's uh, sharks, there's Megalodons, there's other players that literally will just hunt you for no reason. And these are real people in the world, and there's no way to get rid of them. <laughs> you yep. can change servers, but you can't get rid of the people that just might mysteriously, randomly show up in your game and kill you with, at any given time. In hmm. the past two weeks alone, I've had two stowaways that <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, honestly, one of them I might have seen. One of them I have no knowledge. They were able to sneak aboard the craft and just basically gut every one of us and i'm like why (laughs) and we even reached out and i at one point i had well a buddy of mine i he i was like dude you're faster like typing i was like please ask him why he's doing this he asked him why he's doing it and the guy had time while murdering all of us he had time to reply like oh because you guys are noobs like we'll just get the money real quick you gathered it all i'll just take all your money and it's easier this way than doing the missions like, it, it, it it's just this, this so layer. Would of... rather commandeer your ship and kill everybody to get the gold that you guys collected than do the, any of the missions. Uh, yeah, you just describe piracy. Like that is piracy. Own... Yeah, that's it, piracy. It is called the Sea of Thieves, and the thing is, like, it, it, it's a gamble because, like, I was literally playing yesterday by myself in this this group of in the the most the largest ship you can get, which is called a galleon, and there, there's up to four people that can be with you. They were hunting me down for 45 minutes, and all I had on me was a flag 
uh, of uh, some broken flag that maybe was worth like 50 bucks. And so they literally spent 45 minutes chasing me down, crashing into my ship, and then killing me three times <laughs> in a row just to get this one little dinky flag. And so there's things like that that people are just doing it just to like, you know, be dicks and just to chase after you and whatever, which is, which is fun in itself. It's fun to chase after somebody if you think you can beat them. But, or run. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fun or to run. run. And it was also fun to run. Like it, it's it's so stressful and it's so it's it, I say it's stressful, but it's also so not relaxing. But there's something that it like it's soothing. It's, itch, yeah. it's a soothe. It's a soothing thing where like you're running for your life and there's nothing you can do about it, and you better be smart or you're gonna lose it all. And I don't know how many times like you, me and Justin and and Laos were playing. And we would literally just be cruising on the, the, the bay and all of a sudden we popped into like an exploding barrel and the ship sank and we all died and we lost everything we had. That happened at least twice in the last like 10 days. Or there was the rowboat scenario. Yeah, or the rowboat scenario. Pretty much the same thing that Donnie just explained happened. We went pirate or, you know, we went treasure hunting. We got a bunch of loot and we kept getting greedier and greedier and we kept it on board and we just said, oh, we're so close to this one and we can do this and we can get this done. We kept doing all that, and my one concern was, hey, we should have a rowboat on board, which you can do. And so I said, okay. If you find one. So yeah. during you, you one would of these say that little... because you like to throw bubble shields out during. <laughs> so oh, yeah. He's, he, he likes. Last man likes to have guy. a safety net. I like mm-hmm. it. And so during one of our little island excursions, I said, hey, boys, there's a rowboat. I'm going to go get it and attach it to the boat. And no one gave two craps about that. And so I did it, and it was fine. And then, like, probably 15 minutes later, somebody, I forget what happened. There was a, a number of events. We ended up sinking. And the only thing that popped up and floated was my damn rowboat <laughs> and yeah. all of the loot. So it was a mad dash at that point to grab the loot, stuff it under the rowboat, and get our entire crew onto this rowboat before sharks ate us. And that's, that's, that's awesome. exactly what happened. And, and the thing is, some of the loot that you get, like you can only carry one at a time, and then they give you like chests so you can like put more than one thing in the chest and then carry the chest as a whole. It just gets incredibly like stressful. But it's it's again, it's, it's also like it's um you get, you have all this sense of achievement when you actually do like make it back and cash something in because it was like so challenging and so tough and so risky to do it. I believe they so, re- they refer to that as you stress. There's distress and you stress. And you stress, I think, is the one that's like, hey, here's a challenge. I need to be able to overcome this challenge. And when you do, you're like, whoa. And when you don't, you're like, but, oh, no. But, Ryan, we had me, Nick, Justison, and then we also had Deems. And we were the four-man crew because Deems has an Xbox and we all had gaming PCs. So with an Xbox, you can actually play cross-platform with this game. And so if you have it on PC, you can also have it on Xbox and play at the same time. Turns out we also have a couple other boys, little Joshy, Brian. We've got a bunch of other guys that also have this on either Xbox or PS or, or PC, and therefore, like this game can be played by like ten guys, and we can only have spots for four at a time. So it's it's crazy, but like we were we were subbing out people and we were just powering through missions. Like it was really fun, and I'm I just I need you to get a game PC or an Xbox. <laughs> <and do> <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can do. Xbox Ones are cheap enough. Now I might, anyways. I might just want to come over one night and you know, do come to play. my house. I got both. Or just watch us. You, hey, you can tune in live on Twitch and you can be on the Discord with us. And we we have, we do have a Discord set up so you can talk to us while we're playing. You had mentioned that, yeah, um, yeah. We had to use Discord last time because Deems didn't have the uh, the right setup, so we used Discord to talk through, and it was fun. It was really great. I've got an Xbox. I've got a play. Or I'm sorry, game PC. I can do both. Oh, you time. do got both. Mm-hmm. Ah. Why don't you let Ryan borrow your uh, your Xbox and he'll buy Sea of Thieves? Yeah, that could work. We'll talk. I don't know what we else using it for. Pretty much paperweight these days. I got a game PC, bro. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you don't even uh, you don't even use your Xbox anymore. I mean, I do. I definitely do from time to time, but um, it has to be the right situation. You can let him borrow it for a while just to get his feet wet. He'll buy the game himself. You don't have to buy the game for him. No, but if I buy the game, then I can play it either in my office or my living room. And the name is the same. Like this, the gamer tag is yeah, the same. Through. So then I could just bounce, yeah. bounce, 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 bounce. You can still do that, though. We'll, we'll work it out. 
We'll work it out. Yeah. We'll figure you it out. I'd love to out. experience it just for the fun. I I probably don't need to be in possession of an Xbox or anything like that. Just come over my house. You, you guys know me. Uh, you know, I'm good for Star Wars and <laughs> uh, what's that other game? Prominence. Getting a tan. So, and know. that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm oh, definitely intrigued just for the sheer. It sounds like it's an adrenaline rush. It also sounds like it plays a lot on your emotions as a as a human being. Like, should we do this or should we just go back and make the money? Like, should we go on this side right. venture? Like, like there's, so there's so a there's a lot of things. There's even more morals. As I, well. I I like the fact from what it sounds like that you can kind of. Uh, go off course but if you go off course you might run into like all these other problems so it really makes you think about what you want to do it's kind of like gambling in a way you know do it's, i want to go it, all it in or do i want to like, not it's very much like gambling specifically yep. when you're like by yourself in a smaller crew because you can and we did many many times i, I want i get to say i want to say at least two major scores but i think every time we've played we've done it where we've lost literally everything we had for no reason because Deems or Justin or somebody was like, or me was like, let's just go for it. And we went for it and we literally, like, I, I experienced this yesterday. I was, I had a, a quest full, I had this one thing. And if, if you lost this one thing, you, you, you would literally be resetting two and a half hours of work. But as I was going back, I saw this little gem and I grabbed this little thing and I saw a chest here. I'm like, man, my, my, I'm stocked. And then I passed one one more thing, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna let me just get a little closer because I I don't want to get attacked by a shark." And when I get closer, one of the barrels was an explosive barrel, and it blew me up. My ship was oh. what I thought was fine. I I died. I came back on my ship. I was like, "Oh, everything's great." I went downstairs. My entire first floor was full of water, so I survived for about 15 seconds before the entire ship sank, and I lost literally everything. Uh. And it was like. Ah, oh, should have had a rowboat. Hours. Should have had a rowboat. Should have had a yeah. rowboat. So I was like, "Oh my god!" But it's like, what do you expect from this? And then, and then, you know, the same day, a bunch of tools were just dogging me for forty-five minutes, chasing me around the board. So like, ah, it's just crazy. It was, it was crazy. Hmm. Sounds nuts. So yeah, it, it sounds, it sounds a lot like No Man's Sky now, where there's actually like a full game there, and if you have the option to buy it, it was only forty bucks. And so I think it was it was fairly priced for the amount of immersion that I got out of it, and um, we just had a blast with it. So so yeah, yeah. yeah Highly to, suggest it. See it these. To the No Man's Sky point, man. Now that I got VR, it's off the chain. It's just this VR, just <laughs> No Man's flying Sky flying and just trying. Have you been using the joystick yet? You? I'm sorry. Have you used the, the flight sticks? Oh yes. Well. Improves the experience, doesn't it? Oh, it takes it to the next level. <laughs> can can, yeah, can you that. run out of fuel in No Man's Sky? Yes. Yes, oh, you do. Okay. You need a certain amount of fuel to even launch, dude, to even get to yeah. the stars. Or else you're not getting off the uh, planet. No, I mean, like, no. even even in space? like um, It's pretty it's pretty common. You can get it. You never really run out of fuel in space. But just you run out of, like, hyperfuel and just jump had to, fuel. Just had land, to, land. you know, go, go to Last Man's uh, take on running out of fuel in space. Yeah. I'll let you borrow No Man's Sky. I have that one. You can borrow that, Ryan. It's, it's oh, good. Yeah. Dude, do it because it's a good yeah, It's very time. good. Yeah, I think I played game. with I think Donnie, I think I played with you once when I was over, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. It's nope. a good game. They have it like Nick said, they have it in VR now, so it's it's crazy. It, it, it literally is the best way to choose your own death. Because you're like you're gonna <laughs> die. Like you're gonna freeze, you're gonna get eaten, you're gonna die of starvation, or you're gonna get sucked out into space. I mean it, it's basically like every no name character in a Star Trek film, like it, it, that, their ending is going to happen to you somehow. Yeah, it's like the uh, yeah, it's like um, dog, the end of Doctor Strange, but <laughs> imagine yourself in space where it's just like, you just get killed a million ways to <laughs> one and just yeah, you're gonna die. It's a ninety percent that it's gonna happen in the next like half hour if you're doing yeah. it right. But okay, all right. Well, enough about that. But I knew that we we're gonna go in depth, Ryan, because we skipped the dudgies. You know, as you're well aware, last weekend. I, and, I remember. And Joe, did you, did you and Joe connect on poker? Because he was asking me. He was like, hey, are no, we playing? I'm like, no, like, no. No, no, I was, well, I I was painting and then, I forget what happened actually, Friday night. We were eating. Um, you were painting. I was painting the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we actually, we never connected, so. Um, yeah. Well, it's not that we're getting, we're replacing anything. It was just a very unique scenario because within one week, Three of us, four of us, had had this this game, and we were like, we got to test this out. 
<laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'll, it, what you're saying is is that our Friday nights are over. No. <laughs> no, no, you just not need to get dramatic. a periscope and, or, you know, <laughs> you need to get some, some bilge rat tattoos and go from there. Well, I, I, I won't be on this weekend. I'm, I'm going up to Hamona Sassa um, this weekend. Uh, if the hurricane or tropical storm doesn't come, I'm going scalloping. So I'll let you guys nice. know. Nice. I was I've never there a been. couple years ago. Two years ago. It's a blast, dude. Yeah. I can't wait. I've never I been. Bought, I bought a whole, or, you know, mask kit. and snorkel kit from Amazon. So I'm ready to go. I'm getting in the water one way or another. Well, make sure that you do um, you do get them clean while you're there if you can, because they're a bitch to do it yourself. Oh, I've done it before. They're fun. Uh, I would save the money and just—I mean, I would spend the money and just do it. Ah, that's half the fun, man. Yeah, they—they—they they, they, they are strong. You just gotta you get them the right way. Yeah, I wouldn't so, know. Because you've never been scalloping? No. Great oh, question, man. man. I've never been scalloping. Such, One time, so I much was, fun. Uh, I found myself off of work on like a Saturday. And I, uh, I called my brother and sister, and I said, hey, this would be great. Like, do you guys want to go, like, scalloping sometime soon? And they called me on the way home from scalloping. And they're like, we just went. And I was like, oh, 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 oh no. And yeah. I, oh, I was like, was it fun? And they are like, yep. Oh, it's really blessed. Fun. Oh, no. They were like, it's the best. We've been out of the boat all day. And I was like, I've been at home. Oh yeah, it was that. Yeah, it was that. It was well, that. we don't need to bring up those past resentments. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> I, have, I, have no oh. I just have never been scalloping, so can't wait to go. I didn't know you wanted to go. I would have had you oh. come up there with me. Any it's cheap. Now. Yeah, it's cheap. It's nice. Next it's, year, um, it's a good next time. next season. You hear to hear, we're going scalloping. Yeah, love it. Yeah. It's a good time. All right, boys. Well, we um, we are literally past way past time. Um, uh, we had a couple extra stories, but we'll, we can save them for another day. Uh, there was, you know, there's nothing really that's that's kicking off besides this new Perseverance launch going to Mars. Um, I happen to be in the Mars Frequent Flyer Club. I sent my name to Mars with um, the first Curiosity rover that went out there in 2015. Uh, since then, I've earned one billion seven hundred million miles, <laughs> uh, my frequent flyer card. But all that means is that I literally uh, just sign up for this thing that we'll we'll link here. If you want to send your name to space with Perseverance, um, the launch period will take off between uh, July thirtieth and August fifteenth. Uh, the first attempt's going to be th- uh, Thursday the thirtieth. It's very cool. Um, all it means you do is that you literally put your your name on a thumb drive. They send up to space, and that's that's pretty neat. Oh, that's cool. So, or it's, it's a little disc actually. It's not a thumb drive. It's like they etch your name, not even etch. I think it's just kind of in the data of the of the disc itself. But mine's up there on Mars now, and it has been since they launched it in 2015. So that's cool. Huh. If you want to put your name on there, follow the links here in the description and and, um, and sign up. It's really very very neat program. So. Very cool, cool stuff. If they like attach your DNA to it, so if aliens ever find it one day, they can just and not your DNA. You. Yeah, they literally. <laughs> it's like on a. Uterus. They basically put it on a floppy drive, essentially, and they oh, send it up drive. there on the planet. I mean, it's not a floppy drive, but that's how they that's how they have your name written on there. It's it's essentially like in a disc, and they uh, they attach it the, to the rover and they send it up, and they put like you know ten million names or whatever whoever applied for it and. It's free, uh, but it's fun, and it's cool to say that your name's on another planet. That's neat. So, so do it. All but, right. Yeah, follow, I'm doing that right now. Follow the description. I don't know where or when the um, when it actually stops, but I do not the uh, you can register to, to watch the launch, and there's also going to be a link in the description here. It's an Eventbrite. It's completely free. You just fill in your name, your email, and they'll be like, "Hey, man, launch is going off." I think it's seven. It's scheduled to seven a.m. on July thirtieth. So seven a.m. on Thursday, they're going to launch. Uh, uh, potentially launch Perseverance up there to Mars. Uh, It's very neat. It's very interesting. It's it's the second largest rover. It's going to be the size of a Volkswagen Beetle again. It has a, I believe it has a drone on it that can fly uh, like a helicopter that's going to actually fly for the first time in the Martian atmosphere. It'll do six trips, seven minutes a piece, sustained flight. So it's going to take off. It's going to go up a couple hundred feet or so. Um, and not even a couple hundred feet, I think like a hundred feet, and then kind of take some 360s and land back down. 
it'll bounce a little bit. It'll it'll move down kind of and do like I said six flights over six weeks, and the batteries will be toast. And um, it's pretty cool that if if they can get this thing to actually launch a drone in Mars, where the atmosphere is completely different and, and the thing flies okay and it takes readings, it's very very exciting stuff. Yeah, uh, that is. But, That's but, super cool. Yeah. So check it out in the description below, but but certainly register for the launch. Again, it could take I think nine months to to almost a year to get out there. So um, it'll be really neat. But but try and catch me. I've got a uh, got one one point seven billion uh, miles earned. So yeah. If you guys can see my catch my up. screen here, <laughs> uh, I just registered registered, and they give you like a whole little like boarding pass ticket. Yeah, it's a little boarding thing. pass. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's you should get your girls registered, make it a big deal, Ryan, and then make yeah. them all watch it. It'd be really cool. Anybody's got kids, I highly suggest it. It's very cool. Right now, it's there cool are uh, 679,670 uh, new reservations for this flight. Yeah. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. It's a very cool thing. That's why I jumped on it when I when um, Curiosity was going to Mars, and I just thought it was so neat. But um, uh, yeah, so, so, cool. so enjoy that. But definitely make a big deal of it if, if it does kick off at 7 a.m. on the 30th. That's the first day. Again, um, judging from this hurricane potential, it'll it'll get scrubbed. They're, they're going to push it most likely, um, but we'll see. We'll see. So that's cool. Yeah, that very cool. cool. So again, um, register for the launch. But uh, that's it, boys. Anything else? Anybody got anything else? I'm good. I'm solid. Rye, rye brew, anything else? <laughs> you just make it up. Shit, now. No, man. I'm hard to keep track. <laughs> I'm great. All right. Well, um, well, I appreciate everybody, and uh, this has been real. You guys know that, again, we always talk about this. We didn't talk about much in this this particular episode, but our Facebook group is it's so good. Uh, join us there, and you guys can, can just please talk. We are chatting all the time. It's, it's great. We also have a Twitch channel, which is where all of our Sea of Thieves content is. If you want to see the Thieve, Sea of Thieves uh, content we've been putting out, and we're basically streaming every match that we make. For anywhere between 20 minutes to an hour, we, we, we if we're on there for longer than that, we'll stream it. And um, it's just simply Craft Brews and Geek News on Twitch. So check us out there, and you can watch all of our previous matches. Um, you can always you know get a hold of us by uh, our, our social medias, which we go through. Uh, again, the Facebook group is great. Uh, you can reach me at Brewmasters Club on Twitter. Um, but please do, you know... What would really be helpful if anybody's out there is to give us a, um, a review on iTunes or whatever uh, system you're looking you're, you're Anyways, yeah, it would be really helpful if you guys <laughs> gave us a, a sub- subscribe on whatever uh, whatever podcast channel you're listening to in a review. Even if you don't subscribe, just give us a review. Um, tell people what you think. If you hate it, that's you know keep it to yourself. If you love it, please let other people know. Uh, it would be really helpful for us. So um, that's all I ask. And, um, and boys, where can the good kids find you? I uh, can be found at Mr. Louse Man on Twitter and uh, lurking around my apartment these days because I can't Lincoln. go anywhere. That's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's work. I'm not going to get into that one. How about you, RyeGuy13? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at RyeGuy uh, or Rye underscore Guy. Oh, boy. Oh, I lost my name now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think it was Rye Man Brood 813. Rye underscore Guy 813. Is that what I went with? Oh, jeez. Who are you? I don't know. Who are anymore. you? I don't know anymore. Uh, and on Twitter at BroodBoy813, which I'm never on there, but that's okay. And, of course, our famous Craft Brews and Geek News uh, Facebook page. Uh, we're always sharing awesome, amazing stories about what's going on in the world and uh, you know, craft beer, video games, and everything else that we're doing fun. So Everything under the sun. That's right. All right. Mr. Lostman, as we say at the end of every episode, if you can't go to the bars, you might as well go to Mars. Yeah. Oh, my man. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers! This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Listen, we get the Craft Brews and Geek News show is way better than it ought to be. If you'd like to learn more about other shows that we have on our network, please subscribe to the Craft Brews and Geek News podcast. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more.